Made for Philly, we are back. It's been a little while. I do apologize to the fans. Um, I will explain real quick, as I did with my other podcast. It's been a it's been a rough couple of weeks for me. So uh, busy times, and we couldn't really get the podcast in. I uh, had to deal with a little car accident and almost setting my uh, apartment on fire, <laughs> and then planning for a wedding, and then work just being absolutely crazy. It's been a bonkers start to twenty twenty two. Um, but we're back. We're good. And we are here. The last time you and I talked, Matt, we were uh, previewing a, a potential birds win against the Bucks. That did not happen. However, no, not. <laughs> it was a nice thought. Uh, however, good vibes, good vibes only. And I think there's no secret as to why we are back this week and this week in particular. It happened. The Sixers have acquired. James Harden from the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Ben Simmons and much more. Uh, today was the trade deadline. We are recording on Thursday. The trade deadline was today. Obviously, you are going to get this episode on Friday. And as you well know, and I will dive into it now, the deal is as follows. The Sixers got Paul Millsap alongside James Harden. Meanwhile, the Sixers send off Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first round pick with rights to defer a year and a 2027 first one through eight protected. And then there's a whole bunch of conveying that that goes on there. But the bottom line is here, Matt, the Sixers have acquired the most skilled, um, most highly talented player in the Joel Embiid era in mm-hmm. James Harden. I mean, that's not even close. And now the Sixers potentially, possibly, probably, I'm going to say they do, have the best duo in the entire NBA in Joel Embiid and James Harden. Uh, and this catapults them right to the top of the Eastern Conference power rankings and gives them a legit shot at an NBA title, which what, I mean, that's what this has been all about. And there's plenty to dissect. We're going to get to mm-hmm. Harden and what it means for the Sixers. We're going to get to what it took to give up. It, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons. We're going to get to all of it. But first things first, this is absolutely massive. This is what we've been waiting for for, it, it seems like, more than a year at this point. I mean, even before last year, uh, ever since Maury got to Philadelphia, James Harden has been the guy. Um, and he finally got it. And he's pairing him with, uh, so far to this point, this year's MVP in Joel Embiid, uh, catapulting the Sixers to one of the best teams in the NBA. Yeah, it was definitely a really great notification to get in the middle of class. Um, just when you look at where this came from and how much more of this team, I wish I jumped in with you and betting on the Sixers' odds to win the title before they acquired Harden. Uh-huh. But I mean, when you break it down, you get one of the best pure just point getters. Maybe he's not the most efficient guy from a shot percentage standpoint, but when you're talking about just a guy who you need to go out and get 20 points to pair him up with Joel Embiid, not to mention you keep your young up and coming guard Tyrese Maxey to run the point. You keep him out of that trade. You still got Tobias Harris who has been red hot since being put on the trade block. Ironically, you acquire a veteran and Paul Millsap to potentially be a, you know, backup forward or big man. I could see him having some kind of a role here, but Overall, the big point is the Sixers got a arguably top 15, top 10 player to pair up with Joel Embiid, who has been the MVP, which is what he's needed this entire time. Not to mention the main piece in that acquisition was a guy who has not played all year. So essentially, you know, granted, I'm going to miss Steph Curry. Andre Drummond was a great backup center, but essentially two guys who were 
you know, lower end rotation guys on other teams and a couple draft picks, one of which is a protected pick in 2027. What a steal by more. I mean, it's a GM of the year kind of move. Yeah, no, and and I and I want to get right to that that part of this. I do not get where some of these analysts and some of these fans are complaining that this was Daryl Morey getting fleeced. I don't understand that at all. First off, you just acquired J- uh, James Harden in theory for a guy that hasn't played because mm-hmm. you're interchanging Harden and Seth out of the lineup. So that, that kind of cancels out. You knew Ben Simmons days were over with the Sixers. It doesn't matter what his potential is. And I, and I'm, I, I'm done with the conversation of, Oh, it's a 25 year old, a multiple year, uh, all-star, uh, one of the best defensive players in the league. You saw his cap potential. And you saw him exposed and what he can do damaging wise to an organization. Get him out of here. I was, I, I, I mean, Matt, you and I have been talking about for a while now. It's like at this point, whatever you can get for him, get mm-hmm. for him. I, I don't think you and I ever, ever thought that it would actually ever materialize to acquiring James Harden. I, I think no, that, that that would not have been my first guess. It would not have been my first guess either. I, I mean, I thought we were grasping for straws at that point. And then to send Andre Drummond, okay, you have a you're losing your backup center, but I I predict that after, with the buyout market, the Sixers are going to be able to acquire. Keep an eye on like a Tristan Thompson type guy. Um, that that's a guy I, I think is going to. Uh, come into the picture at some point. Paul Millsap, I mean, if they want to go small ball when um, NBA's off the court, Millsap can certainly fill in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, the first round pick, like, look, if you're giving up a 2022, uh, these fans that are like, oh, you gave up these picks. If this materializes and the goal is to win a championship, that 2022 first ain't going to mean nothing. Nope. It's going to mean absolutely nothing and have absolutely zero value. So when you're looking at acquiring James Harden, and Paul Millsap's a good piece. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be a good bench guy, and he's been there, done that. He's been in the league for a long, long time. So that's a good throw-in. I mean, it's not going to be a, a huge difference maker, but it's a good piece. He'll to get find back. his way. He'll find yeah, his way. Ex- exactly. He's going to – I mean, the name is bigger than what he is at this point. But the fact that you are able to keep Tyrese Maxey is absolutely – first off, that's the biggest piece of this. Yes, the fact that I you agree. were able to keep Tyrese Maxey is absolutely huge. And then on top of it, like, look, would I have not liked to see Tybal go? Absolutely. I think he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. But you were able to keep Ty. I wasn't going to be heartbroken if I saw Tybal go. Um, I like Tice a lot, but it is what it is. But to keep him... And then, look, we've all had our gripes with Tobias Harris this year. The inconsistency has been clear, but he is now back as his third guy, the third, you know, r- really guy in the waiting when it comes to all-star talent on this team. You have Embiid, you have Harden. That's going to take away a lot of the attention for Tobias Harris, and that's when he's at his best. To keep Tobias Harris, to keep those three guys, I mean, people, I, I, I mean, think about this for a second. Daryl Morey gave up literally – no future assets out of Ben Simmons, and let's be real, that's not a thing anymore. That that mm-hmm. that's not Ben Simmons was never going to play in a Sixers uniform again. So I, I mean, I don't even count him as part of the equation. I was just happy to see him go. Go. Goodbye. Good riddance. See you March 10th, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You kept Danny Green, bench player. Furkan Korkmaz is back. Gorgeous Yang has been good. Uh, Shake is still there, whatever. Isaiah Joe, I think Isaiah Joe breakout season is upon us. Watch out. So? Okay. I, I think Isaiah Joe breakout season is upon us. Uh, and, then, and then you have a couple other guys, you know, James Breeder, uh, Paul Reed is there, Charles Bassey. This is a team, like, is the bench as deep as it could be right now? No, but it's good enough. I mean, you have a great starting five, and you're about four guys bench-wise deep enough that I personally could trust. Um, but this trade allows you to either have James Harden and Joel Embiid on the court at all times. One of those guys will be on the court at all times, mm-hmm. unless I, I obviously goes by situation. But ideally, for a full four quarters, Doc Rivers should not have to take out both of them at mm-hmm. once. Um, this is a team right now. I mean, look, Harden opted in on his $47.3 million option for next year. He is here. He could have opted out and signed the five-year maximum, but he wants to, you know, reestablish himself. It's possible Harden and the Sixers work on a contract extension this summer. But uh, for as long as, you know, James Harden's around, this is going to be a luxury tax team with Embiid, James Harden, and Tobias Harris. And it's going to be absolutely 110% worth it if it lands a championship. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost like we've been waiting for the number four market team in the NBA to to pay the luxury tax, which so many other teams have been doing and prospering off of it. But I'll circle back a little bit, going a little bit out of order here. You talked about Tyrese Maxey being the biggest piece out of this. Bryce, how much is he going to learn from Harden? Because they're similar, they're more similar players than you think. The way that they handle the ball, the way that they just overall try to cut to the basket. Yep. That's a huge, huge thing to have for a 21 year old to pair him up with a guy probably going to be sharing the same backcourt more often than not. You know, I would imagine the lineup is going to be Maxey, Harden, Thibel, or Danny Green, whatever Doc wants to do. But having the opportunity to have your 21-year-old up-and-coming guard learn from one of the best in the game, that's really not being talked about enough, in my opinion. No, it's not. And for these, like I said, and that just brings it back to these people that are complaining that Daryl Morey gave up too much. How did he give up too much? He kept. They said it could be the worst like day in his legacy in the NBA. I just don't understand it. Like, look, Seth Curry has two years left on his contract. Was he a good piece? Yes. But he's not somebody you can let – like you can't live without Mm -hmm. he's a, he's a good piece. He's been a backup for most of his career. That was really to be fair, kind of forced into the starting rotation because the Sixers didn't have anything better. Um, I mean, Seth Curry made plays. He was good, but is he a guy that, you know, when you look at trying to catapult yourself into NBA championship conversation, is he a guy that you're looking at? No, not really. Uh, Like, when you look at Stephen A. saying, you know, this is this is the worst day in Daryl Morey's career. Um, I I just don't I don't get it. There's no doubt um, that Embiid and James Harden is probably the best duo in the entire NBA. Think about the pick and rolls that these two are going to mm-hmm. run um, and the attention that it's going to grab. I mean, look, Tyrese Maxey has been ascending as a budding star in my opinion i mm-hmm. i think at age 21 he has proven there's a reason that the sixers refuse to cough him up and i give all the credit in the world to daryl Morey because he put the pressure back on the nets the nets really truly did not want to give up hard they no. did not they wanted to buy time 
to allow Kevin Durant to come back after the All-Star break. Hopefully that vaccine mandate got lifted in New York City and Kyrie comes back. Those three only played 16 games together. So the Nets never really saw that develop. And, and I think the argument could be had that if that if those three were healthy, able to play every single game together come playoff time, I, I mean, I mean, I don't think anybody's kidding each other when that would be the favorite in the Eastern Conference. So not only did Daryl Morey improve his team, but he, in my opinion, made the Nets worse. He eliminated, um, he eliminated arguably the biggest competition compared to the Bucks if they're fully healthy. And you're, you're looking at the other teams, and now that the deadline has passed, and now you look at all the other teams in the Eastern Conference. You, you, look, at, you look at the Bulls. Okay, they're a nice story. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, but they're not there yet. I, I, I'm not looking at the Bulls with any worry. You look at the Bucks. Okay, but they haven't been the same. You look at the Cavs. Not there yet. I'm not looking at the Nets anymore. I'm looking at the Heat. Okay. They're good, but I don't think they could stop an Embiid and James Harden. Um this and not it's not just that duo, Matt. Like I keep going back to the fact that you held on to Matisse Tybel and Tyrese Maxey. Like Tybel is going to be on some of the team's best offensive players. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey is only going to get better. And you kept Danny Green for off the bench. Like this is, to me, this is absolutely huge. I mean, now you're looking at James Harden at 32 years old. He's not a spring chicken. But at the same time, like, what are you, like, this is what we've been waiting for. This was the whole point of the process. We've been, Matt, you and I have talked already. Like, the point is to win now. Yep. Stop looking at years down the line. Look at what Joel Embiid is doing now. Win a championship now. You have to make calculated risks like this. You can't just say, well, he's 32 years old. He's on the decline. Not necessarily true. Harden hasn't exactly played around a very good team this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could tell as the season got along that he was starting to get disgruntled. Now, are the Sixers potentially stuck with him to age 37 if he signs a max contract? Yeah, but you know what? I I think Harden's going to bring enough and his shooting's going to save him. Like having a prolific shooter like James Harden at this point um, around a guy like Embiid, this is going to be an error, not only for this year. Now, was it mostly about this year? Probably. But for the next two, three years down the line, this Sixers team is going to be a problem for anybody in the NBA to face. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, people do bring up the age and it is a concern to an extent. But, you know, I'm not overly worried about a guy who's still putting up 22 points at this age, especially when you look at the precious. Most of the pressure is still going to be on Embiid down low, which is only going to open up his ability to take shots in the backcourt, which is what he's thrived off of. So really, like you said, it's about the here and now and not about looking forward for years and years to keep building. No, it's time to stop building and start winning. And I think that this is what this. We were waiting for Daryl Morey to prove his point that that's what he wants to do beyond hey, belief. And he, he went said and he, got, wanted to, he said yep. he wanted to lay a star for Ben Simmons. Guess what? He did. That's what he did. He kept his word and he got, you know, one, a guy he knows really well. And, you know, there is some concern about Harden's ability to get along with superstars. But if he and Embiid go out and win a title, I don't think – I think that he might find his spot here in Philly knowing that Daryl Morey is still here. Like, this could be like his real homecoming to finish his career here depending on how this goes. 
You know, I, I think the whole Daryl Morey thing has been huge because obviously they have an existing relationship that worked. Um, obviously, back in, in the Houston days and Harden wanted to go to Philadelphia. He knows also um, Michael Rubin, the Sixers co-owner. This is something that when, when you look at what Harden has done throughout his career and you look at the past two places where he's been disgruntled and you could say that he doesn't get along well with other stars. I get that, but he hasn't been with the Joel Embiid either. Mm-hmm. Like they are two completely different players that marriage perfectly together. Like one is going to need the other to bring out their very best. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a difference. Like Harden was fighting with Kyrie. Because they both wanted to be the primary ball carrier. You're not going to have Tyrese Maxey sitting there, you know, begging for the ball over James Harden. Maxey's not going to do, be that kind of person, nor does, I mean, that's that's kind of a dust statement, but you know what I'm getting at. Joel Embiid is not going to be the primary ball carrier for the Sixers. He never has. He never will be. That's not, the, that's not a thing. So I, I think, and Tobias Harris is kind of one of those quieter, guys i'm not going to label him as a star he's not but he's when he's at his peak a low caliber all-star type player i think that is the perfect blend those three guys right there Embiid, tobias harris and james harden is a perfect blend for what they want to do now when you look at the defensive side of the ball i mean yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they incorporate harden and, and really see what the defensive lineup looks like. Obviously, Tybal's going to have a big piece. Maxie's going to have a big piece now as well. But I, I mean, when you look at Daryl Morey, job well done. I mean, and I mean, looking at what Ben Simmons, if if you really thought Ben Simmons was going to hold Daryl Morey hostage, and I think at this point we were starting to get to the point that okay, maybe he is. Um, ben Simmons never had the leverage. Any point in this entire situation, Ben Simmons never gained leverage. And I think it's showing his true colors that he's already in talks with Kevin Durant and Steve Nash about coming to the court. Um, He's a coward. He used mental illness as an excuse to shy away from all his problems and all his faults. Mm-hmm. And now that he's in a new place, everything's hunky dory again. Like, and the, for the people that want to sit there and say the Nets won this trade, imagine Ben Simmons uh, uh, next to Kevin Durant. Okay, um, I can imagine Ben Simmons next to Kevin Durant. It, you're still going to run into the same problems. Ben Simmons has a clear ceiling. When it comes to clutch time, you can't have him on the court. Mm-hmm. They are go. I mean, we we saw hack Ben. We saw it. We lived through it. We know how it goes. You cannot have Ben Simmons on the court in clutch time because guess what? He can't make free throws. He can't make a clutch shot. Hell, he could be wide open in the paint. He still won't go for the easy layup. We all Mm -hmm. saw it. Um, And then you have Kyrie Irving. Like, I mean, Kyrie Irving's wrecked the team everywhere he's gone. So for me to sit there and look at the Nets and you could say they have a deep bench and, you know, Seth Curry's going to be a great fit there. Um, Drummond's a great big man for them. I'm sorry. I don't see where the Nets win this deal. Yeah, you got a Ben Simmons at age 25 um, to pair with Kevin Durant. And yes, he's very, very, very good at everything. But you play basketball and you can't shoot. It's clearly going to catch up to you at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a whole bunch of egos 
that are very bruised and hurt in that locker room between Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. I don't see any way how this works. I don't either, to be honest. For you know the Sixers, he's proven to be a liability in the playoffs and come crunch time, like you said. So when you see so many times where a player has flat out regressed or just shied away from the moment in the postseason, I mean, because face it, more often than not, when you're playing um, basketball in the playoffs, it's you know half court basketball. You know, you take it one possession at a time. Ben Simmons has shown he can't play half court basketball the way his game is. So for them to pretty much get rid of what was their biggest weakness these last couple of years and replace it with a guy like James Harden. Granted, you give up Seth and Drummond, but those are still, you know, you can replace those guys. You can't really replace a James Harden. So I say the Sixers win this trade by a mile, even if we did give up a couple of pricks. Well, and, and if you look at it, like, and I know we're kind of circling back, but this is all about what the Sixers have done and every angle of this conversation is going to come up. Like, and I go back to this. If I had told you after game seven between the Sixers and the Hawks last year that Philly could trade Ben Simmons for James Harden, you would have laughed in my face mm-hmm. because there was no goddamn way that was going to happen. Um, he waited out the critics long enough, to, and he, as in Daryl Morey, waited out the critics long enough to land the star he so desperately coveted and said he was going to get. Um Maury knows better than anyone that this is a star-driven league, and especially mm-hmm. with Simmons unlikely to play another minute for the Sixers, landing Harden and really only losing Curry and Drummond from your rotation. I mean, when you when you think about that, the Sixers were a top three team this year yep. without Ben Simmons. And you look at this trade, and the only contributors this season – are Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. So take out take out Ben Simmons. Take out the draft picks. You got James Harden for Seth Curry and Andre Drummond mm-hmm. in my eyes. That's how I'm looking at this. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting Ben Simmons as a real asset mm-hmm. because he hasn't been. So I look at getting James Harden for Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. There's going to be questions about on-court fit and the personalities, but – like I said, signing Harden to a five-year max in the summer, if they, if you know, that probably wouldn't feel too great if that happens. But yet, with all that said, the Sixers are closer to a championship now than at any other point since mm-hmm. the process started. This team is closer than when they acquired Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris back in, uh, gosh, was it 2018 at this point? It was my uh, freshman year of college, I believe. So 2018, 2019. <sighs> I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, that that's that's we've gone through so much change since that point, trying to pair the right person with Joel Embiid. And I, I mean, this is as good as as you could get when you look at the landscape right now in the NBA. And I we just went through the Eastern Conference. Um, like, there's not really that team that I look at and say that team's going to give the Sixers a scare in the Eastern Conference this year. I'm not scared of the Cavs. I'm not scared of the Bucs. I'm not scared of the Heat. I'm not scared of the Nets. Um, am I, am I, I'm not scared of the Bulls. Like, this is a team that I think is going to coast to an NBA Finals. Now, when you get to the NBA Finals, if they go and face a Phoenix um, or, or a Golden State, that's going to be a war. That's going to mm-hmm. be an all-out war. But to get there, I, 
I I don't see a team matching what the Sixers. It's better than, a, it's better than a, another second round exit. I'll tell you that. It can't be worse than what happened last year with just the whole Hawks situation and everything that went there. Um, When you look at now the landscape of the NBA um, and let's, let's go a little broader out because there were other deals that have been made. Um, I do like what the Bucks did earlier in the day. I do like what the Wizards did acquiring Porzingis to pair with Beal if Porzingis ever gets on the court. Um, But when you look at duos, I don't think anybody, anybody can compete with the James Harden and Joel Embiid. Like Boston got Tice. Congratulations. Toronto's been playing well. Um, Atlanta is kind of in a funk. The Knicks have fallen off. The Wizards think they can compete, but Beal's done for the year. Um, the Pacers' future looks bright now that they got Halliburton and and brought in a pretty good core there. But for years to come, Matt, you, you look at this Eastern Conference, I think this is the Bucks and Sixers world for a couple years. I think it might be. I mean, especially when you look at the rest of this roster to look, I love, I loved Seth Curry the year and a half we had him, but you know, the hard reality that you face is as good as, as good of a player and as good of a three point shooter. He is as good of a guy as, as good of a guy he is to have in a locker room on most teams. He's probably a third or fourth option or six man. That's pretty much what it is. And Andre Drummond, again, liked him here too. Thought he was a great backup center, but keyword backup center. You have a franchise center in Joel Embiid right now. So when you look at how little you gave up to get one of the, 15 like bona fide 15 best players in the NBA and probably debatably the arguably a lot of comparisons there the best at his position to pair up mm-hmm. with the best center in the NBA not to mention especially how Joel and B plays like you said going back to the pick and rolls I mean how do you stop that I honestly don't know how you, you, you can't and, and you look at the combination of what Embiid and Harden can do on the floor, um, you, you know, I, I keep going back to this. What Daryl Morey saw, what Joel Embiid is doing this year, getting an MVP-worthy year out of him, sitting in that front office, making the deadline deal to ensure the Sixers have plenty of championship push. Um, the pressure was on in Philly not to waste this season. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I have discussed this more more times than not. Um you know, the, the Sixers sit one and a half games out of first place in the Eastern Conference. They play consecutive home games on Friday and Saturday, so you're right on that. Um, less than two hours after the trade, a billboard went up along I-95 welcoming, welcoming Harden to really? Philly. Yep. The billboard featured a silhouette of Harden's face that read, The Beard is Here. Um, this is, is here. this is look, Philadelphia is all about it. Um, this is going to be a fresh start for James Harden. Obviously, 13 is retired in Philadelphia for Wilt Chamberlain, so he's going to have to find a new number. It's going to be interesting to see what he picks. Uh, But when you look at this deal, Matt, and I want to go back to Ben Simmons because I don't think we've we've talked about Ben enough because this is a big enough deal that I, I think we do need to talk about Ben a little more. Um, not playing this year for the Sixers. 
um, hurt feelings, really, coming off last season's playoff loss, averaging 15.9 points, eight boards, seven assists over his four years here in Philadelphia. Um, his defining moment, though, what we're going to know Ben Simmons as is when he passed up a wide-open dunk against Atlanta in the second round of last mm-hmm. year's playoffs. Would With only Trey Young standing between him and the basket. Correct, and it would have tied the game late in Game 7. The end of Simmons's time here in Philly came to this. Mm-hmm. He was stunned by comments made by Doc Rivers and Embiid in the aftermath of Game 7 and how he shouldered the blame for the Sixers' playoff woes. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, the question stemmed from, do, do you think you could build around, continue having Ben here, build around Ben? And Doc was blatantly on and, and Doc defended him all year. We all know Doc defended Ben more than anybody did that entire season. But enough is enough at one point. Uh, I, I mean, and you, you saw the reactions. You saw Joel Embiid's reaction on the court when that play happened. The, the play that didn't happen, I guess you could say. Um, you know, the frustration there. Just Ben's refusal to shoot beyond 15 feet. Uh, 15 feet excuse me. Five of 34 career three-point shooters. Postseason failures at the free throw, free throw line. Um, I, I mean, just simply outweighs the playmaking ability that he has with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. A spot, um, you know, on last year's all-defensive first team. It feels like in today's NBA, if you cannot shoot, if you cannot make free throws, you are not going to succeed. You... Mm-hmm. I mean, this is clear that Ben Simmons has a cap, and I don't know where he fits in the modern-day NBA. Like, And I find myself guilty because I've sat here and defended Ben for a really, really, really long time. Mm -hmm. And Matt, I'm sure you have too. But there got to a point where it was like, you know what? The dude is is not getting better. He's getting worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's getting to the point now – that he's just not likable. You know, he made a surprise return to the Sixers before the season started, promptly kicked out of practice. Like, we were like, okay, he's back. The team, you know, MB made that big speech, like, welcoming him back. We got to, you know, just give him a chance. He used the mental illness card, for Christ's sake. Um, it None of it mattered. Mm-hmm. The number one pick, no intention of ever playing. It was all a hoax, brought the mental illness into it, and uh, it's been a mess. And honestly, I don't know what I, I think both are huge. And obviously, Harden is the bigger storyline here. But doesn't it almost feel as good that Ben Simmons is gone as the fact that the Sixers got James Harden? It does. I mean, I feel like, you know, Ben Simmons was probably obviously the elephant in the locker room the entire year, you know. Granted, you know, I'll speak a little bit on it. I didn't want to see it go down like this. I didn't want no. to see Ben Simmons like this. You know, I've defended him, like you said, a lot. But when you're just put in the face of adversity and refuse to get better and refuse to, you know, be accountable for your own actions, like passing a wide open dunk on a guy you're half a foot taller than, not improving your jump shot and responding negatively to, to you know, valid criticisms. I mean, that's not what we want to see in this city of all cities. So, you know, if he's just not going to, work to improve and realize that in this NBA, which is an offensive league right now, and that even big men need to be able to shoot. And if you're just not going to improve, like you said, where's his place? Does he really have one? And 
honestly, I don't know unless he plays five somewhere, which I don't see him doing. No, I, I I cannot imagine that, and that that's kind of like the projected lineup. Some say, some see with the Sixers, like he's going to either play the four or the five, or with the Nets, excuse me, the four or the five, depending on who who's out there. Um, like you just can't rely on him to really do anything than grab defensive boards and move the ball up the court. Like that, that's not exactly what you want in somebody that you're giving a max contract to, Mm -hmm. you know, and that that's where the problem lied here in Philadelphia. Um, This is just, I mean, bottom line though, Matt, like this is something that I I think we've all been waiting for. Um, Obviously there's risk in any trade that you do, but this is something in my opinion that I didn't see coming until really earlier this week. I know not many people did. I don't think many people thought that there was a good chance of it happening. The Sixers surely know there will be a ton of time to further fret about details and mull the many possible regrets that come with this. But Maury valued the present. He teamed up with Harden again and Mm -hmm. put an all-star alongside his MVP contender. And, And if Joel Embiid smiled, lasted hours after that pre-trade shooting contest, who could blame him? Because guess what? I, I mean, this I, the social media tweet burying Ben Simmons mm, was priceless. That tweet, that tweet. Uh, that tweet was everything. The king of Philadelphia has spoken, and he has spoken loudly. Um, this is going to be this. Uh, first off, this has quickly become the most interesting team in Philadelphia. I don't think it's close. And this is going to be a fun, fun mm-hmm. ride here, Matt, the next couple of months to watch this team grow together and push for an NBA championship. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, granted, you know, I would be surprised if they go through a little bit of growing pains to start off maybe the first week, which is natural. Naturally, sure. You know, to and, figure out exactly how they fit in. But And note to Sixers, do not panic. Do not nope. panic when the Sixers lose like three or four. It's going to take time. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time. Right. Yeah. If they lose to the Thunder on Friday, I think we might all jump off a bridge. But that might be a little bit, a little bit of reason for a concern. But, <laughs> you know, again, another big portion of this is yeah, there, you know, there was some concern going forward on the long term. You see Harden already opted into his deal. So he seems committed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the biggest thing going back again, circling back to Daryl Morey. I mean, who he was with his entire time in Houston. And for the most part, we didn't see any major problems when those two were together. When Maury left Houston, that's when all that drama started. And he wanted out of Houston, goes to Brooklyn. I think secretly he wanted to come to Philly the entire time, but Maury, I at think that this point goes back the offer. Yeah. I, I think this goes back to last October, right, Matt? Like I, I mm-hmm. think, I, I think this is our two, two Octobers ago at this point. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I, I think when that first came out, like, Obviously, we weren't in the situation with Ben Simmons that we are now. Like Ben Simmons was still a future piece of this team. It was still, um, let's see if Ben Simmons can take that next step. Little did we know he would go down another step, but or many steps, I should say. Uh, but at the time, I think Maury was really, truly reluctant to cough up Ben Simmons. Now it, it's getting to the point where... He was willing to do it. Harden still wanted to come here, and he did. I, I I think you're you're right though that I think all along Harden preferred Philadelphia over teaming up 
teaming up with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. He never really warmed up to the thought of living in Brooklyn, doing that commute, being in that community was never really about that life. And those reports started to come out too, that he was not happy with the, the lifestyle of Brooklyn. And that is not for everyone. Neither is dealing with the New York media. I get that. Granted, the Philly media is probably even harsher, but probably. he'll learn. Um, but I think Harden's going to be more comfortable um, with Doc Rivers. I think he is going to be more comfortable knowing that Daryl Morey is in the front office and knowing that he gets to play with Joel Embiid, who I think is the best catered to Harden's strength out of all the all-stars that he's played with. Oh yeah. Just, you know, again, going back to the whole pick and roll thing, because we know Joel loves to play on the perimeter too. I mean, you see Harden cuts through Joel, goes to the basket, kicks it out to him for a three or vice versa. So I think he really is in, he's got arguably the best paired teammate with, you know, obviously he was paired with Katie and Westbrook, but he wasn't really established at that point. Since Harden established himself as a dominant player, I think Embiid is by far the most matched player to his skill set that he's ever had and possibly, like, could ever hope to have when you just look at the way these guys play. Not to mention, like, going back again, Tyrese Maxey is not going to be an overly ball-dominant kid yet and can learn from Harden going forward. Tobias Harris, you know, is quietly efficient, especially as of lately. So this is going to be a really, really exciting Sixers team. Again, no guarantee, you know, they fire on all cylinders the first game. But going forward, you know, come playoff time, it's going to be a dangerous team. All right. So we've break, we've broken everything down. We've looked at the Sixers roster now, which I, I think in, in retrospect is still pretty deep. I, I mean, I, I think with starting five of, like I said, Harden, Maxi, uh, Toby, Tybal, and Embiid, and then when you look at the bench and you still have the likes of Danny Green, Furkan Korkmaz, um, Nyang, Shake Milton, um, obviously now Millsap and, and Isaiah Joe. This is a team that I think is deep enough that it could carry itself for a playoff run. And I mean, let's just see where it goes. I think the Sixers team, I mean, Look at the buyout market because the Sixers do have two roster spots open. I think I, a big name to watch out for is Ennis Canner, or actually now Ennis mm. Freedom, who's expected to be bought out by the Rockets. There I think that could be a quality backup center to go with Joel B. That's a name that I heard once or twice. No guarantees, obviously, but it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Part of me was hoping that they bring Nerlens home. I, I just dangle a second round pick out to out to the Knicks for Nerland, see what happened, but I wouldn't say no to that. Well, the Knicks did, unfortunately. So, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, I, I think a guy like, you know, Thompson or can Cantor is a good, good name to keep an eye on as well. Uh, the buyout market, they will shore up the roster via that means. And now you look at the Easter conference and now you look at being a game and a half back uh, with really two and a half months ish left to go, maybe maybe a little less than that, maybe closer to two months at this point. I, I think. Well, yeah, March and April, mid April playoff start. So yeah, about two months left. Um, how far do you think this team realistically goes this year, Matt? When you look at the landscape of the NBA now, right? And we 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 looked at 
any of the you know bigger teams in the Eastern Conference, and we don't really feel like any of them are legitimate threats to the Sixers. Like, am I being foolish here saying the Sixers are easily, in my eyes, the favorite? Like, some people are throwing the Nets out there at the eight seed right now, five and a half games back, liking what the Nets are. You don't know when Ben Simmons is coming back, and even when he does, you don't know how that team's going to gel. Like, I think there's more gelling that is going to be required in Brooklyn than it is in Philly. Like, I don't see where Brooklyn is going to be able to get up to speed with the rest of the Eastern Conference to really make that much of an impact. Kyrie can only play road games. Kevin Durant's not healthy. Ben Simmons hasn't been on a court since July or June. I mean, nobody in the Eastern Conference is a threat. And then when I look at the West, I realistically only really worry about Golden State or Phoenix. And I think that the Sixers proved that they are very close to Phoenix. I think they showed that they were that one star away, and Doc Rivers said as much, we need to improve at the guard position. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They did. And I think the Sixers are a very good matchup against the Suns. I think when I look at the Western Conference, I would still pick the Warriors to be the favorite out of there. But I like what the Sixers bring to the table matchups matchup-wise with the Warriors because I don't think they have an answer for Joel Embiid. And Harden is an answer on the other end of the floor alongside Danny Green to counter the threes that they'll be draining with Clay and Steph. Absolutely, yeah. I guess when I think of how far this team could go, I mean, I think given the way the East is built, I think it's a realistic expectation that this team gets to the playoffs, or obviously the playoffs, but possibly yeah, the NBA Finals. <laughs> you know, I think realistically yeah. it um, the NBA Finals is – um, a legitimate expectation for this team. I think it absolutely worst the Eastern Conference Finals. But now, do we do we sit here? Is it a disappointment though if the Eagles or the Eagles, uh, the Sixers do anything less than win an NBA championship this year? Do we um, label this as a disappointment? You know, whenever I want to say anything less than getting to the finals or um, the Eastern Conference Finals is a disappointment. I'll say the NBA Finals or less is a disappointment. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not. No. They, the I Sixers definitely need to get past the second round. Yes. They, they need to get past the second round. Yes, they need to prove they can get past the second round and compete. And, you know, if we do get to the NBA Finals, knock on wood, I mean, the only teams I would be realistically afraid of are Phoenix and Golden State, maybe Utah, depending on how ah. they finish out. Ah. But for the most part, I feel confident saying that they should get to the NBA Finals. That's where I'm going to stay. That's where I'm going to put it. Yeah, I, I, I'd almost go as far as saying without an NBA championship, it would be a disappointment simply because that's what this move was made to do, was win an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Now, I get you're going to still have next year and a couple years down the line, but the NBA is a year-to-year league. We've seen it. Um, so my gut says you have the talent now. You have Embiid in his MVP season, and granted, he is in – the beginning of his, I'd say, beginning, middle of his prime. So you have plenty of years of Joel, but take advantage of it. Take advantage of this all you can. Maury did everything that he could with the situation that he was given and the cards that he was dealt to go and get an all-star. He got hardened. Let's go and get this thing. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. And that is 43 minutes of Sixers Talk Joel Embiid and James Harden are teammates. Ben Simmons is gone, and the Sixers are definitely 
one of the favorites to win the NBA championship. I just checked my uh, bets, Matt. I obviously posted out um, the plus 1300 on FanDuel that I dished out. I bet a nice swift uh, $50 on that. And I also did a preseason bet, $30 on plus 1500 preseason Sixers to win the title. So I could potentially win 1150 on the Sixers winning the title this year. I so love, I would love to see that. So uh let's let's do it. Let's do it up and let's see if the Sixers can bring the first championship to Philadelphia since the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017. I, I feel like this team has been so close that this would be the completion of the process. The process would finally be complete once that championship, once that trophy in Joel Embiid's hand goes down Broad Street. I think so. And actually something I just scrolled through finding on Twitter, it's actually Paul Millsap's 37th birthday. So happy birthday and welcome to Philly Paul Millsap. There you go. Uh, that's that's one hell of a way to spend a birthday going from a shit show that is Brooklyn to mm-hmm. Philadelphia alongside James Harden to play with the MVP. Um, yeah, happy birthday, Paul Millsap. Congratulations, Sixers fans. We have a team that's going to be pushing for an NBA title. And obviously we will be here week to week with you every step of the way as the Sixers push for that title. We will start talking a little bit more about the Eagles, their offseason plans as we get closer to the NBA draft. Hopefully we have some baseball to talk about. Uh, Rob Manfred's shithead put himself in front of the camera today and spewed a bunch of BS about, you know, a whole bunch of nothing outside. The, The only thing I gathered from that press conference is they ain't close. Nope. They ain't close. Um, so as much as I would love to be sitting in Citizens Bank Park in right field with a beer in my hand, catching a Bryce Harper dinner, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So this, the Sixers is what we got and the Eagles offseason until further notice. But if anything does happen on the baseball front, we will obviously let you know. Matt, before we part ways for the week, anything else? Um, go birds. Let's go get Calvin Ridley. How about that? Amen. We got James Harden. Let's go get Calvin Ridley as well. I love it. I absolutely love it. So on that note, this was made for Philly. We are presented by Godzilla media. You can find this in every episode of made for Philly on Spotify. Also make sure you rate on Spotify, go to the made for Philly homepage on Spotify, the top left-hand corner there where the big star is. You can click that and give us the rating there. Every little bit of feedback is important. And you can also find us on Apple and YouTube as well if you want to see our awesome faces and the video side of things. That is where you can find that along with our Twitter handle, which is at Made for Philly. You can also follow myself and Matt on Twitter. I am at ZBryce21 and Matt is at Matt underscore underscore Minton. And we will be here, like I said, every step of the way as the Sixers now push for their NBA title format. I am Bryce. This was made for Philly. Trust the damn process. Go birds. And we will catch you next week right here on made for Philly.